Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Um, today, we are going to talk about graduation and your 13th and 14th year and completing school or continuing school beyond 12th grade or age 18. Um, very timely because it's late winter, early spring, and I find that a lot of parents kind of go into panic mode because their child might be graduating in a few months or even a few weeks. So um, I had said early in one of the first podcasts, um, I had talked about, let me back up even more. I went to this workshop I don't know. It was cold out when it happened. Was it last winter? I don't know. It was last winter or the winter before. Um, But I went to a workshop on poverty and working on eliminating poverty in your local community. And it was just about learning different strategies. And really, it was not even just the strategies, but it was more about learning about people who live in poverty and how a lot of times their mindset and decisions that they make are just different just because their worldview is different. When you've lived and grown up in poverty your entire life, um, it's very naive and really quite dumb, I learned, to kind of assume that folks have the same worldview that we do when, and especially pertaining to money. Um, it's a tremendous, it was a fabulous workshop. I learned so much. But one thing that has stuck with me since that workshop and that I've been really trying to apply every day is that she said, you have to meet people where they are on the journey and you don't judge people where they are on the journey. So what that means is when you see someone who is, um, say homeless, but has the latest iPhone, you know, you don't know the story. So you meet them where they are on the journey and you don't judge them for the choices that they've made. And, and, you know, and I think that that advice would go a, a long way in this country if everyone would adopt that. But I've really tried to adopt it for the parents I work with, because yes, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. First and foremost, I help kids and the parents who are attached to those kids and the IEP process. Um, my main goal is of course, always helping the kid, the child, but, um, you know, I'm a parent advocate. That being said, parents drive me crazy sometimes. And I know it's going to happen because it's late winter, early spring, I know that we are going to have several people in the Facebook group who are going to pose the question, 
hey, you know, my son is 18 and has autism and he's expected to graduate in May and I don't think he's ready. What should I do? And again, it goes back to when I said there's never just one IEP issue. It's always a whole host of issues um, for this particular situation. I know it's not just about that extra year. It's about if I sat down with that parent and that child, I can almost guarantee you that their transition plan of their IEP is a piece of crap. Um, My guess is that the present levels are a big steaming pile of manure and on and on and on. Because if they weren't, the parent wouldn't be in this situation. And it really makes me mad that parents sometimes wait until, you know, March or April of the senior year to go, oh my God, my kid's IEP isn't enough and they're not ready to graduate. What should I do? And it just makes me crazy. But I'm really trying to adopt that, meet them where they are in the journey, don't judge, and be supportive. So it's just easier said than done and I'll always do it to their face it's just behind the scenes I'll say to my husband ah you wouldn't believe or my advocate friends I'll be like oh my god I got another call on this parent why aren't they engaged um you have to engage in the process from day one as soon as you get your feet back under you um you you need to just dig in and say I'm gonna do this but if you are one of those parents and it's March and your child is graduating in two months and they're not ready okay then you need to pull up a chair and maybe pull over to the side of the road if you're in your car and take some notes um, and and dig in because you're in for quite a ride. Um, So IDEA actually doesn't say a whole lot about this. Um, It says that the states, and again, this is... um, another um another issue or another blog post that i have um called at what age does an iep end it's on a day in our shoes.com um but this is an area where parents really expect to go to idea and find this clearly spelled out and that's not the case um what idea says is that it will provide funding and that states can provide FAPE, you know, all know what FAPE is, right? Free and appropriate education. Um, states can provide it beyond age 18. Now, how far beyond 18 is up to each state? Um, so you would need to, to take a look online and search your state's code for that. And even within state codes you have to look at the specifics because it's um, like some, they they still let you finish the, like, I don't know, you can start the school year, you can finish the school year, or even if your child turns 21 or 22, they can still do ESY and so on and so on. Um, So check your state codes because some of them say 19. I believe Michigan is uh, 25 or 26. Um, But also it says that, I believe the wording is that the states can provide education. So it doesn't say that they have to. Again, it will go back to what does the child need? And that's what you want to look for. 
best case scenario is that you don't even want to find yourself in this situation where you're fighting over, you know, I honestly met with a mom a couple years ago who looked me up for the the very reason, the only thing she wanted was that her, she knew her child was going to age out when she was 21 or 22 or whatever, whatever it was. She knew that the child was going to age out and the school didn't want to provide ESY and they only had like a six week ESY program or something. And she wanted the child to go to ESY for like that. It would be like literally the last six weeks of ESY of her entire life. And the mom was right that our state code does actually say that, that the child can can do ESY, even though she was 22 at that point. But at this, I, the mom was right. But at this point, I thought it shouldn't have to come down to this. You shouldn't be in such dire straits that your child doing six weeks of ESY is going to make any amount of difference in your child's life, if that makes sense, which means that the transition plan likely wasn't adequate. Um, mom or dad did not get themselves informed enough on not just transition plans, but adult programs and services. And I understand that I know in my state, there's like a 10 year wait list for some people for waivers. I get that really. I do. But that doesn't mean, you know, I know that there's a 10 year wait list and my child's 12. So I'm honestly, I'm planning for that I'm planning for what my child's going to do in 10 years because I know in 10 years that school bus is going to stop coming and he may not get a waiver for another 10 years. Um, so you have to have a plan B. You can't just say, well, I know that everybody tells me there's a 10 year wait list, but I'm just going to kind of wing it and see what happens. Cause guess what? That the bus is going to stop coming. Um, so it shouldn't come down to where you're so desperate that you're asking the school for an extra six weeks of, you know, three hours a day or whatever ESY is. Anyway, I went off on a tangent there. Check your state regs. See how long your child can stay in school. Again, some states it's only 19, some it's 25 or 26. Then you have to make the case that they need it. And IEPs are not just for academics. Um, transition plans, the transition portion of the IEP, that is actually very well defined. And you can look and it talks about functional living skills, vocational skills, job training, and so on. These kind of life skills that, that you need to be a successful human being. So you may have to make the case for that. Ask for evaluations. Ask for travel, and a, you know, a travel evaluation. Is your child going to be um is it is it reasonably expected that your child is going to drive a car mine is not um if for no other reason that he has severe epilepsy so he's going to need to learn how to navigate public transportation can your child do that can they read a bus schedule a subway schedule can they call um you know there's different ours we have a service in our county called rover you know can your child call Rover and um, set up a, a set up a pickup and set up a drop-off and do all those different things. Can your child ride a cab? Can they ride a bus? Um, do they know not to get in a car with a stranger who offers them a ride? 
all these, you know, there's just all these different functional skills that we take for granted as neurotypical sometimes that, that our kids don't have. Um, can they do a monthly budget? Can they fill out a job application? All these, all these different things. Um, so you just have to demonstrate the need. And then the 13th and 14th and 15th year, depending on, on how long your child stays in school, it doesn't have to be any one thing. It, it's, um, it certainly doesn't have to be a sheltered workshop. Um, as a nation, we're moving away from those. Um, I've also been in districts. Um, I, I had a client one time and he had ODD. So he didn't do real well with authority figures and he didn't do very well with being told what to do. And he didn't do very well, even with polite, constructive criticism. Um, and so we were working on getting him, he could get it. He could always get a job. He just couldn't keep it because obviously bosses tell you what to do sometimes, especially when you're in, in an entry level food service job as, as this student was. Um, but bosses tell you what, what to do and they tell you what you're doing wrong and, and so on. Um, so this child could always get a job, but he could never keep a job. So we were working on getting him a job coach and, and some mental health help as well privately to kind of work with this together and work on, you know, what is constructive criticism and how can you do better and, um, and all that. But I remember when we went to the school district and we had all the data we needed that, that he could really benefit from a year of this. And they said, well, only life skills gets a 13th year, which, and this wasn't that long ago. I mean, this wasn't like 1980 or something. This was just a few years ago. Um, so again, that's not true. That's predetermination, obviously. Um, but, but my point is that a 13th and 14th year can look like anything. And you just have to make the case that the child needs it. There's another disturbing trend that I'm, that I've heard about. I haven't actually seen it in in practice, but I've, I heard it and I actually heard it from an administrator and this particular administrator didn't know who I was, which is fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not famous. I'm just, I'm just an advocate. Um, and I get it. I work online a lot. So people don't always know what I look like. Um, but this administrator was running his mouth to other administrators and I just happened to be in, in the same room. And he said that his attorney or the school district's attorney was advising the district. This is the, the attorney that they keep on retainer just for special ed. But he was, this attorney was telling the district that you offer everyone a 13th year. Everyone. Everyone who has an IEP. Sorry, taking a sip of tea. Okay, think about that for a minute. Offer every kid who has an IEP a 13th year. Obviously, you have your kids who aren't terribly disabled, who maybe have dyslexia, ADHD, um, milder learning disabilities, things like that. You offer them a 13th year, of course they don't want to. They want to graduate with their friends. They want to move on. Um, But by doing that, 
what they've done is that what we're finding is that we have these kids with dyslexia and ADHD and so on who are graduating from high school but still only reading at a second or third grade level, right? (laughs) So what this does for them is it relieves them of any kind of responsibility because there's a trend now and these colleges and community colleges are saying, what the heck is going on? You're sending us these kids. These kids are graduating from high school and they get here and they can't read. Well, you can't go back to your school district and do anything about it because they can say, oh, well, we offered you a 13th year and you declined. Again, it shouldn't get to that. It shouldn't shouldn't be the kids' freshman or sophomore year of community college that you're realizing that they can't read. Um, this should have been handled years ago, but I'm, you know, as far as meeting people where they are in the journey, um, it's just something to think about. Um, I won't judge but you have to stay on top of these things or I mean, once you accept that diploma, you're done. And if your child can't read and really would have needed a 13th or 14th year, you're just going to have to pay for it out of pocket or the child goes without because you're just out of options then, especially if they've put it down on paper that they offered it to you and you declined. Um, you just, at that point, you've really kind of just taken away. You can't go back on comp ed on that. So um, 13th or 14th year, this is something the IEP team should be discussing really when you start discussing transition plans, which for depending on what state you live in is going to be age 14 to 16 for the child. Um, And really by 14 to 16, you should have a good idea if that child is going to need a few extra years and and that's what you want to start discussing and what that's going to look like um, for them. So... We want graduation to be a happy time. We want our kids to have reached their potential. And it's okay if potential and skill sets looks different for different kids. Um, That's okay. You know, not everybody has, has the same skill sets, but we want everyone to achieve what they're capable of achieving. That's what's important. So if you are of transition age, take a look at your IEP, take a look at five years down the road and what that's going to look like for you and what you're going to need to get there. And then you can decide, you know, and of course include your child in these discussions um, because if they're not going to be a willing participant for 13th or 14th year, then that's going to be a miserable couple of years too. So... um, All right, I will get more into other things surrounding this idea um, in future podcasts. But thank you for listening.
Wait. 